This episode is brought to you by WeatherGuard Lightning Tech. At WeatherGuard, we make wind turbine lightning protection easy. If you're a wind farm operator, stop settling for damaged turbine blades and constant downtime. Get your uptime back with our strike tape lightning protection system. Learn more in today's show notes or visit weatherguardwind.com slash strike tape. Welcome back. I'm Alan Hall. I'm Dan Blewett, and this is the Uptime Podcast, where we talk about wind energy, engineering, lightning protection, and ways to keep your wind turbines running. All right, welcome back to the Uptime Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dan Blewett. On today's show, we're going to talk about wind turbine technician jobs and what the outlook like look what the outlook looks like for the future so first uh, let's say hello to my co-host alan hall how are you sir hey good dan boy coming out post covid things are looking positive wind turbine industry is still rolling along good stuff's happening yeah so obviously with uh, the new presidential administration here in the u.s uh you know wind power is getting a big boost and obviously offshore wind especially is growing really really fast all over the world and uh when you start to look at the at the jobs outlook uh you know wind turbine technician is one of those really hot jobs at the moment because obviously more and bigger wind farms are going up and we need people uh with that expertise to help maintain them you know service them repair them inspect them all that stuff um so alan let's start here today uh with a little bit of the job and how it's evolving so obviously you know in the past if you talked about you know what does a a wind turbine tech do you know aside from you know climbing up you know through the tower up to the nacelle doing all the the, you know the ground-based checks um you know monitoring inspecting all the equipment in the nacelle itself but there's also the rope access part of it which is really hazardous it's a pretty interesting job because it's highly variable depending on maybe your narrow focus like you might be more into like the hydraulic side of it or the electrical side or the blade side um but that job is also going to evolve a lot i mean what do you see a wind turbine technician doing in the future as drones and robotics and a lot of automation starts to take place yeah i think what you're going to see is more and more automation and interfacing with computers and electronics to to run the turbines and so not only do you have to understand power electronics and 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 sort of power distribution transformers those kind of things you also need to know how to program a programmable logic controller plc you need to be able to diagnose uh digital equipment uh network lines Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so there's a lot of more computer technology and wind turbines than there has been in the past 20 years it's becoming more and more of a data accumulator uh and and diagnostic uh information is going digital too it's just you need a really diverse set of skills Uh, and to be a wind turbine technician it's changed a lot well and you know one of the common google searches is you know do you need a college degree to be a wind turbine tech uh you know what kind of education do you need so currently you don't need a college degree but you do need a certificate so you have to go to technical school or community college or one of these great programs that's you know training you because this is obviously um, not an easy job um 
But do you see the the educational requirements going up or just changing? Or I mean, obviously they're going to evolve because, like you said, there's going to be a lot more technical skills, um, not just like the working on with your hands kind of skills. And it'll only it'll always be a pretty hands on job, which is honestly, right. I think great in this time of everything's you know a screen. Um, but there's going to be more automation. There's going to be more, like you said, data mining and analytics stuff. And of course, mm-hmm. there's lots of different you know segments and lots of different jobs in the wind energy market. Um, but do you feel like those certificate programs are going to get more rigorous? Do you feel like a degree program might be possible in the future? I mean, where do you see um, you know this job go as far as education wise? Well, I, I think there's specific job training is going to still exist. You're going to still need those certifications to get around wind turbines just from an insurance standpoint they need to have competent people around wind turbines because you can't get hurt out there oh, so you need sure. to know you need to know what you're doing and you need to have some experience with it so i think those sort of entry-level and mid-level uh training programs are very valuable because that's a that's a skill they can never take away from you right so once you gather that little skill skill set you can apply it to turbines pretty much across the world uh obviously there's differences between manufacturers which you'll learn as you go along but it's essentially it opens the door to a whole bunch of opportunities and the the college degree thing i think is is the one i'm not so sure makes a lot of sense i know there are some programs that are starting to focus on wind turbines but i always one of the interesting things about the wind turbine industry is the number of at least in the u.s it seems like there's a lot of service people former service people people that have been in the military mm-hmm. uh they get involved in it one because because they tend to be a little more of interest type. They tend to be in pretty good shape. They've probably picked up a skill or uh, been trained in the military to Not do certain... Not afraid of hard work. Not afraid of hard yeah, work. Yeah, right. So it's kind of like one of those really good candidates that uh, they, they're sort of come in prepared, right? They're prepared for all kinds of things and to be able to adapt on the fly, uh, which is what a lot of wind turbine... Uh, technicians do is there's a, because you're never sure what you're going to get into and you need to be able to adapt and, and I think the military service members have a, a unique advantage there but you can also learn a lot of those skills going to some of the junior colleges that are around there, it's, it's but it is important you have some basic uh, skill set right you need to have those sort of foundation pieces and a lot of it is on the job training after that yeah well and that's actually true what you said about veterans uh the wind industry employs veterans at a rate 67 percent higher than the national average so that's all 100 percent true um do you see a lot of people from sort of adjacent industries like those maintaining uh power equipment like transmission lines you know like the uh, cell towers construction maybe going into this field Sure, because it it just takes a a set of skills uh, that's broad in nature, right? So there's, you need to know something about uh, welding. You need to know something about how motors work. You need to understand how uh, electronic cabinets are set up. You need to understand things about safety, right? There's a lot of safety involved in this and safety equipment. So there's, it's it sounds odd that. but the, the because wind turbine seems like a very narrow field of 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 work, but the skill set you need is extremely broad, right? Because you're working in cold weather, you're working in hot weather, you're working in windy weather, obviously. Uh, so the little skill set you pick up becomes the sort of that tool belt of things you can do, which makes you more valuable as you go along. And and that's what I found with a lot of technicians as they start off, you know, obviously learning. That's like any entry level position is but by the time you put four or five six years in boy your your skill set is really good and those technicians are 
pretty smart. And a lot of them do come from things like automotive fields. They're good with their hands. They understand how mechanical things work. Or they, they know something about electricity and motors and uh, circuit breaker panels and that kind of thing. So they're electricians. Those are great starting skill sets to, to earn more money in the wind turbine industry. Well, and how important do you feel like the physicality aspect of it is? Because if you're especially <laughs> going to be working on rope access, yeah. it's a pretty physical job. It's a pretty mentally demanding job, too. You know, being up at height that can kill you um, sure. and going through all the safety checks and being comfortable with that. I mean, it seems like a you've got to have a certain, um, you know, zest for adventure and a certain tolerance yeah. of risk and, you know, a certain um, reverence for, you know, some of these machines that can you know potentially <laughs> hurt you. Yeah. Well, it tends to be a young person's game. Uh, you don't see a lot of wind turbine technicians in their 50s, definitely not in their 60s. I mean, you, you do occasionally see it. I saw one the other day that was, I think they're in their 70s. Uh, so, But it's it's there is a lot of things that involve strength, right? And a lot up and down. As you get older, you don't want to do that so much. And the, the technicians that have been around a long time do transition to that managerial role. Uh, where they're overseeing a number of sites and they're they're managing a bunch of people and they're keeping track of the costs and they're keeping track of where the equipment is, making sure all the materials are on site when they need to be. So there is a, there is a, a a a transition that happens naturally happens in the industry because you need uh, well knowledge people managing the organization uh, later on as well as you need the the younger people climbing up down the ropes so there's a broad spectrum of jobs that need to be done but some of those some of those things can only happen that sort of the uh, higher paying managerial positions can only happen if you have in the service time actually working mm -hmm. on the components so you have to put in your time yeah and we'll, so we'll get to like salary and pay in a second but I want to stick with the safety thing a little longer. So one of the things I, I find interesting is that, you know, you talk about it being a, a younger, more able person's game, uh, being up in the turbines or on the turbines. Um, but robotics companies are definitely threatening, not threatening, like, I mean, it's a positive <laughs> thing, but they're jonesing to change that where, you know, drone, you know, aerial drones can do a lot of the work that used to require ropes. Uh, sure. The crawl, crawling and cable-managed uh, robots can do a lot of the service repairs on blades. Um, so what's interesting is it sounds like technicians who are maybe ready to transition off the really physical labor part of it, maybe getting a little older, maybe their body's just like, hey, I'd, I'd rather be on ground <laughs> a little more at this point, which we all hit that yeah. point, almost just like yeah. an athlete or a military person. Sure. Um, you know, they're going to be automating some of those jobs into safer on ground more technical roles that don't require you to be up on ropes i mean do you feel right. like that's going to be it's a it's definitely going to be good for aging workers in the industry because they can stay in it they don't have to feel like all right i'm 55 i don't want to be on ropes anymore it's kind of it's becoming tough sure now i can just fly drones i can control you know a, a, a robot and do the same work that i've been doing because i'm i've you know built all these skills but now I don't have to be up there anymore, which is great. Right. Um, right. I mean, do you see that being a continuing trend where automation is going to help people do safer jobs, but similar jobs, but from the ground? Sure. I, I think there's a natural transition there anyway, especially since we have really good cameras on drones and, and very accurate drones and capable drones to do it you're gonna see a lot of a lot of activity happening on the ground that's definitely going to happen and then as we move more and more offshore where being on a rope offshore on some of these larger turbines is in definite 
a little more risky. Let's put it that way, right? There's yeah. just a lot more th- consequences there. Uh, that you're going to see more and more uh, sort of ship-based <laughs> drones and ship-based activity that's happening where you're going to be on on the water or on the ground. Uh, and one of the key parts of all this is sort of know, knowing what you're looking at, right? So as you if you have done this job for a little while, you become extremely valuable because you, you learn all the intricacies to the different turbine manufacturers and what you're looking for. So if you are commanding a drone, you kind of have an idea of what you should be looking for and what areas you want to focus on because it's important to your customer to know, hey, we're looking for these kind of cracks or these kind of delaminations or this kind of rain erosion um, because we've seen so many of these turbines, we know where to go look. That's a huge, valuable piece, right? So the expertise in the industry can only uh, make you more valuable later on. Yeah. So going to salaries, so the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, and I apologize I, don't, I apologize, I don't have global data for this, but uh, in May 2020, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the median salary for a wind turbine tech was 56230 uh, the lowest 10% earn less than 40000 and right. the highest 10% more than 83000 um, yeah. Where do you see this this uh, salary point going in the next five or 10 years? I know we try to stay away from projections for sure, but you know, <laughs> demand for this job is going to go up. Yeah. Um, the amount of people need to do this job is going to go up. And uh, right. how does that going to affect you know, salaries there? Well, I, I think part of the salary discussion is driven by the location of where wind turbines are operating today. And the vast majority of them are in the, the middle of the United States or in, in the south, you know, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, where the cost of living is just lower. Those salaries are really good salaries, but you got to put them in perspective. If you're talking about living in New York City, maybe not so good. If you're talking about living in West Texas, probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, or living in Iowa, that's, they're they're pretty good salaries, uh, especially if you're you know 24 and you're making 60, 60, 70 grand. That's a good gig. Uh, and plus, you know, you can throw in overtime too, right, for a lot of those jobs. So I, I think this, the salary base is good, but you know, the, the, the kicker is going to be when those offshore wind jobs start popping up, they're going to start be paying a premium. They will have to pay a premium. It's like being on oil rig. Worker. Oil rigger, was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a premium to, that you get paid. And I a lot of those guys that I I know from the engineering side were making a hundred k years ago because of the the dangerous nature of it or the adventurous nature of it whatever you want to call it uh, they were getting paid for that too so you know it didn't take long for a lot of the uh, offshore jobs to be paying a lot more and you, you saw uh, a lot of younger people if they would be willing to be on an oil rig, or in this case, it's going to be on an offshore wind turbine, uh, making a lot of making making a lot of cash. Yeah, and I, of course, you know the the piece about cost of living and where these are located that's important. Of course, you know the lifestyle of a wind turbine tech is also important because. <laughs> You know, if you want to be living in a big city, like I live in downtown D.C., it's probably not a realistic job for you, right? Because uh, it would take me literally nine hours to commute out to anywhere (laughs) I want to go to find a wind turbine from here. Um, But, you know, do you see with this, the whole COVID pandemic has been interesting. It'll be, you know, be interesting to see how this plays out in the future because a lot of people have left left cities. They've said, why am I going to live in a city? I'm working from home anyway. I can pay a third of the rent or half the rent or two thirds of the rent, wherever you are Mm -hmm. in the suburbs or out in the country. Um, 
do you, so with the exodus of people from cities, which, you know, who knows how that will continue. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, do you feel like that's going to make these jobs more realistic for a lot of people? It's like, Hey, I just left this big city. I'm out here in the country. There are wind turbines around. I could work on one of these sites potentially, or I'm comfortable with this lifestyle. Sure. Um, you know, it seems like people could be more apt to, to living that sort of more rural, slightly more remote kind of life. Right. Well, that's in the, in the United States. The trouble has been is that a lot of the jobs have transitioned away from rural areas to more populated centers, leaving the smaller rural communities with really little industry left. Well, that's going to reverse itself, obviously. And you're already seeing that in a number of places, particularly Iowa and Texas and some other, other states where uh, the wind turbine industry is driving smaller communities into uh, some sort of revitalized state. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're going to see the same thing when you get to the offshore wind, just because uh, on the offshore wind, you're going to start seeing a couple of different levels happen here. You're going to see factories put near the shore. You're going to see, uh, obviously, technicians near the shore you're going to see shipboard uh people people that can work on ships manage ships knew how to move things on and off of ships being located so you're going to see a shift in demographics uh mm-hmm. on what i would call rural areas on the coastlines of the united states you're going to see that shift also so former shipping centers that have lost their way over time because you know the global marketplace has changed you're going to see those chains also you're going to see those areas of those other country if you have an existing dock and a existing infrastructure you're going to see the wind turbine companies start to flock around those places which means there's going to be new jobs which is fantastic yeah and you wonder how this will play out for the rest of the world as well like china obviously was the leader in adding new um you know, wind capacity in 2020 and it's really expensive to live in, you know, in big cities, Hong Kong. Yeah. Big city. (laughs) And so you have to wonder if this is going to put good paying jobs, you know, hypothetically in a country like China, farther away from the cities, if that's good for everyone, because it's so hard to have enough space. I mean, you see some of these big city centers all over the world. It's just so expensive to live there um, and have the kind of lifestyle that you'd want if this can sort of like be a little bit of an equalizer. And like you said, especially with the ecosystem of factories and blades being built and uh, shipping and all that stuff, where you could see where maybe there's like a port, like on the water in Texas, where this sort of town that can, you you could drive two hours inland and be at a number of wind sites. So it makes sense for you to live there, or you could hop on the boat and go out to the off offshore, uh, sites yeah. and you could be working in the shipyard or working at the blade factory etc and you could see some of these little hubs perhaps maybe getting built up because lots oh, of different yeah. things in the same and adjacent industries are just within an hour or two hours drive that could make sense right and, and as we get more offshore shore wind licenses set up that's where the factories are going to go that's where all the yeah. trucking is going to go that's where all the shipping is going to go so, and as we know in a lot of different industries the the area of the country that sets that up first or has sort of the market capability to handle it is the one that's going to win, right? So if you're up and down the, the eastern seaboard of the United States and you can get set up first and get that little in, that industry running before your next door neighbor state, you're going to be the winner in that long term. And you're already seeing that play out now uh, where Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, Rhode Island are all pushing for the same thing, essentially. And I think they all know that first one there is going to be the leader. 
and that's where they want to go because of the number of jobs it's going to create, right? And long-term, and in theory, long-term jobs. Once you get an offshore wind site set up, you're talking about a 20, 30-year lifespan. That's a, That could be yeah. for a lot of jobs for a long time, right? So there's a huge advantage, and the, sort of the stability of those jobs, I think, is a, is a key ingredient here. Uh, anybody that's worked in the sort of the power industry, uh, coal, natural gas, nuclear, uh, those are long, can be long-term positions, right? So once you have that skill set and you want to stay in that industry, you pretty much can, right? It's not going to change all that much. It can't. It can only get bigger, essentially, or until they, well, in a nuclear case, like until they decommission it. But on the wind turbines, you got a, you got a good 20-year run. And I, I think that's important in terms of stability. If you're starting a new family, you you want to have that stability in a job, right? Uh, and I think the offshore is going to provide that to a lot of future technicians. It will. Yeah, and of course, you know, some of the uh, another adjacent industry, the construction industry, like they're going to be building oh, yeah. a lot of wind farms. And of course, some of the pushback against uh, green energy is that yeah there's a lot of construction jobs but once these farms get built um especially there's a criticism with solar is that how many people does it take to run a solar farm not very many whereas those more in favor of gas and coal they say it takes lots and lots of people to keep a you know a coal um operation running or gas plant uh, oil plant running so uh you know maybe valid criticism there that you don't need as many people and so maybe it's not as many jobs long term but i don't know that is, is that realistic is that a is that a kind of too myopic view i mean what's your take on that no if, if we're really going to play a wind turbine power for the long duration let's say next 50 years right so now we're talking generational groups of, of technicians and employees coming through because if and I, I think this is what's likely to happen right and we're starting to already see it in parts of texas so turbines that have been there uh out in the field for 15 20 years what are they going to do are they going to turn them off they're going to leave them running going to refurb them there's more work right if they're going to refurb them there's a bunch more work if they want to basically take out the existing turbines and put in a larger turbine which is also a strong possibility there's a lot of construction jobs, so it just seems it'll mm-hmm. move around the country as we go. But essentially, you're going to have a sort of a staggered effect of uh, every 20 years once a, once a site has sort of run its useful life. And we have much more efficient turbines, which we will, and much larger mm-hmm. turbines, we're going to retrofit. So those jobs are going to come back around. So the, 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 the person that was pouring concrete <laughs> out in West Texas for a pad – 20 years ago is probably going to end up doing it in the, roughly the same place, right? It's going to circle yeah. back around. Yeah, that's that's huge, right? To have that sort of repeating business thing happening in terms of an economy can be very useful because of the employment effects it has. Yeah. Plus, we can repurpose some of these sites as amusement parks and put zip lines <laughs> between turbines. I mean, you oh know, my gosh. Bu- business idea. That would be terrifying and awesome at the same time. So, anyone wants to go through that you have i've gifted my uh, my idea there to you zip lines between decommissioned turbines well I, cool. I think i think the one thing to keep in mind in the wind turbine industry is to realize how stable it is relatively speaking because you have very very large players long-term players in pretty it. dug have, in yeah mm-hmm. right ge siemens gamesa vestas nordex all these large industrial companies they're not closing their doors tomorrow 
that's not likely to happen, right? So there is that you, you have the ability to, to make a good salary and have, you know, a, 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 a good place to work and live and not necessarily worry about the next pandemic closing the place. None of the wind turbine companies, large ones, have, have closed through this pandemic. So it just shows some of that economic stability, which is you know, a desirable thing in today's world. You know, the, the adventurous types, sort of like we are, <laughs> we're running small businesses. So we get hit with pandemics, it hurts. Um, if you're working for a Siemens or, a, you know, a, a Gamesa, uh, there's less chance of necessarily losing your job or the job going away altogether as much as um, mm-hmm. those companies going to be around. And I, I think that's sort of an important factor to consider. If you're starting off in the wind turbine industry, it's pretty stable, relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah I mean, you hear of, like, you know, coal mines closing down, a whole town is just, you know, decimated by it or a, you know, a major factory or a major, you know, plant of whatever. Um, You know, that's happened throughout history. And one of my favorite movies, Slapshot, you know, that movie was based (laughs) on, you know, this hockey team was essentially going to fold because, uh, you know, they were supported by a town that was supported completely by like one factory. I can't remember what the industry was, but the factory was shuttering. Everyone was leaving. There wasn't going to be any more minor league hockey. That was, and I think that used to be, especially, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, a lot more prevalent than it maybe is today, but you're right. The wind, they're not closing a wind farm. And if, you know, one of these companies goes bankrupt because of the Texas uh, freeze incident, they're just going to be bought. And those turbines are going to be spinning by a new owner. Like they're not going anywhere, you know? No, just like foreclosing a house, like someone else is going to own it. It's not going to go away. They're not just going to raise it because, uh, you know, someone couldn't pay the bills. So, um, right. well, let's talk about lastly here, uh, you know, the Biden administration's uh, initiatives here. They want to, you know, create a lot of jobs by 2035. Um, well, 2030, 2035. And they're committing, uh, you know, a lot of resources and energy into getting a lot of offshore wind um, you know, 30 gigawatts of offshore wind. So, I mean, do you feel like this is also going to have a, a, a positive effect here in the U.S.? Possibly. I, I think it's so hard to predict that far out. And I, I don't like the, I don't, the the one thing I don't like about the Biden administration so far is the extension of dates. To lay out a, uh, a vision for 2035 seems a little um, extravagant, uh, disconnected maybe. Look, if 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 America and any of most European countries or any large industrial country, China, Brazil, um, if they really want to get something done, they can do it. And I, f- I, I feel like we ought to, you know, if we want to kick this into high gear, then awesome. Let's let's go do it. We seem to be spending trillions of dollars in the United States right now. And if we if we're looking to gather that energy independence, what are we what are we really focused on? Because I do think a lot of the infrastructure is already in place and ready to go. Right? Talk about sort of shovel ready jobs. <laughs> Wind turbine, I think, can kind of be on that pathway. It's mm-hmm. a question of whether they have the will to do it, uh, and and how f- how quickly. Um, the industry can support it. And I, I think the wind turbine industry has been really good in in terms of technology improvements and um, looking for ways to, to make things go faster and easier. So I, I think the industry is ready. It's a question of, you know, permitting and all that other stuff in which the federal government can have a lot of say in. 
if, if the federal government really wants to accelerate this thing, get the permitting done and let the Siemens, GE's, Vestas go and get them out there offshore, get those wind turbines running. I think that's the part where the federal government doesn't need 15 years to make happen. They need mm-hmm. a year and it should be going. And I, I do think you could see a big um, shock in terms of growth of the turbine industry and turb- turbine industry jobs if they want to flip that switch. I think that's going to be the key is getting that that permitting ready to go. Yeah. Well, and, you know, from the the, the Biden administration's fact sheet, you know, they say that meeting this target will trigger more than 12 billion in capital investment on both U.S. coasts. And uh, yeah, yeah, thousands of good paying jobs, more than 44,000 potentially employed in offshore wind by 2030 and nearly 33,000. They're projecting uh, will be jobs will be created in communities supported by offshore wind, which we're already kind of chatting about. Those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to make a nice sandwich shop in a little coastal town that's you know supporting factories, and that's going to be great too. You know, so yeah, all the the workers need the stable you know community life. So just like Elon sure. Musk has invested in uh, the small town downs that his SpaceX uh, company is is working in, like those are going to be really important for making people happy and keeping those industries going. So you can't underestimate the role of those supporting communities and all those jobs as well and the small businesses um, that go into it. So that's a a good uh, secondary effect. Um, So long term, are you, I mean, this seems like a pretty positive outlook um, and it's going to be interesting to see how the the wind turbine tech job evolves because like we said more robotics more automation sure. take a lot of the safety risks and it's already a very safe industry they do a great job uh, with protecting their workers um, but it's going to be much more ground-based as drones and robots um, take some of the arduous difficult um, you know up right. on ropes very dangerous um, you know at height uh, work away and it's going to allow people to hopefully stay in the industry for a long time comfortably, safely, and just as long as their skill set continues to to evolve and they remain kind of open-minded and ready to learn the next thing. Yeah, I, I, there is no doubt that the technician group is going to expand over the – even in the next two years, it's going to see some – pretty significant growth there and i think as uh if you're in high school or you know sort of college age take a look at it i think there's a lot of opportunities there obviously you may need some training but that's that comes with a lot of jobs so i think in terms of you know future potential wind turbines is a good place to be Is downtime causing you financial pain and putting a stop to your power production for months on end? It's no secret, lightning strike damage is a major cause of wind turbine downtime. This damage is preventable with our easy-to-install strike tape lightning protection system for wind turbine blades. Our incredible engineering, build quality, materials, and edge sealants withstand up to five times more abuse in the toughest weather and lightning conditions. And we've got the research to prove it. If you're tired of constant downtime, we can help. Reach out to us at weatherguardwind.com and schedule a free call. We'll get your uptime back in no time. 